There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. This is our new week on the podcast. We certainly are looking forward to what the Lord is going to do here in Akron, New York this week. And uh, thank the Lord for the good day yesterday in the house of God. And we're praying God will work, praying God will not only move across the hearts of men and women, but move in the community, draw folks in, and to bring folks in for the preaching of the Word of God. You go to a small community like this, there are those that remember the days of old revivals. They remember the days of having week or two week long protracted meetings. And even up here in the north, we saw that for many, many years, but that has gone today, that has fled today. Most folks don't want meetings. They don't want revival. They think that they, as a pastor of the church, are just going to be able to do everything. And they don't need help, but yet that evangelist is a gift to the church. God said that. Not because of who the evangelist is, because who the Son of God is. And he comes and he preaches that message. So pray for us this week here in Akron. If you want to come to the meeting, contact us. We can help you get to the church. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. We dealt Matthew 12 last week as we closed out. Uh, they're accusing Jesus Christ of casting out devils by Beelzebub. And he stands against them. He withstands those that have, uh, have spoken against him and spoken evil against him. And in verse 31 of Matthew 12, Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Now one of the things in the context that I must look at, I don't fully understand the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. I know most men... Take J. Harold Smith's message, God, Three Deadlines. One of the great messages. If you've never heard that, you should look it up on the internet and listen to God's Three Deadlines. He preached that message well over a thousand times, had many converted, and he speaks that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Now, one of the things in context here is they're speaking of Jesus Christ, saying that he is doing these things by Beelzebub. And therefore, they're saying that he's the prince of the devils. That's why he's doing these things. He's casting out devils. He's healing the sick. He's touching that lame man. And that's the accusation that's made. He said that can be forgiven them. You speak against the Son of Man, I'll forgive you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, they shall not be forgiven unto men. And I believe that's the context of which he speaks. When you say that the work of the Holy Ghost is of the devil, you're blaspheming the work of the Holy Ghost. And yet... That hidden member of the Godhead, that member of the Godhead that does not magnify himself, he does not bring glory to himself, everything he does in his ministry, he points to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Son of God, that is his ministry. And when he is working, God forbid a man would rise and say that this work that the Holy Ghost is doing is of devils. That really is the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. That conviction, this is the devil's. What God, what, what God is trying to do through the person of the Holy Ghost in revealing Christ, that's the work of a devil. Therefore, they're saying that he is pointing men to that man of sin. 
They're accusing the Antichrist of being the one that the Holy Ghost is magnifying because they don't understand the work of God. And I don't know how that sin can be forgiven. And I understand why God works that way. You say, well, after Calvary, these things can be forgiven. I'm not convinced one way or the other on that, but I don't think I'd take a chance on that. I know people who said they, they thought they blasphemed the Holy Ghost, but later on were converted to Jesus Christ. Because they don't understand you can curse the Holy Ghost, you can mock the Holy Ghost, but you better not blaspheme him. Then blow a greater blasphemy to accuse his work of pointing men to Jesus Christ enlightening the word of God, but accuse that of being a work of the devil. That's what they've done with this King James Bible today. There are men that say it's a work of the devil. They don't believe it's the word of God. They say that it's not inspired. It's not of God. It's not been preserved. It's antiquated. It's dated. And therefore, when the Holy Ghost works through that, they don't believe it is a work of the Holy Ghost. You see, a lot of men today have left that power of God, and they can't discern that the power of God is in the Word of God by the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, they have to drum something up and call that God. And so when God truly is trying to work, and I've listened, I've been in places, they've accused me of making people doubt and making people wonder and making people question. Noah McVeigh comes in and just trying to retread people. I'm not interested in retreading people. What I'm interested in doing is getting people to Jesus Christ. And if they got a little cute little profession of faith that's never changed them on the inward parts, they need to get to Christ. And if they come down and all they got is a couple of repetitious words and the fact that they prayed when they were five or six years old and they went through the motions, what they were instructed to do, and they do not have an inward change, an inward work of God, they don't have that ministry of the Holy Ghost on the inward parts, my friend, they need to be born of God. How can a man be saved and not know that God has saved him? I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe that God just miraculously saves you and you can't know it. You may not know immediately what's taking place. You may not know in the first weeks or months exactly what's taking place, but you're going to know there's something different. You can't get away with things you used to get away with. You can't live that life you used to live. Listen, before I ever went to church, I'd quit drinking. I'd pretty much tried to quit my swearing and my vulgarity, my living like a pig and living like a hog, got the filth out of my life, poured all the booze out and the perversion out, went out and burned it in the burn barrel, changed some of my clothing, changed my music, all before I ever set foot in the house of God. Why? That inward change of God. And to accuse the Holy Ghost of pointing men to the Antichrist, that man of sin, is a blasphemy against him. In the work of Jesus Christ, he magnifies. And when they cannot see the work of Christ, they accuse that of being a work of the devil. You accuse Jesus Christ of that, you'll be forgiven. For he said this, whosoever shall speak against a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. You can blaspheme Christ. You can speak a word against the Son of Man, but whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Better be real careful. Better be real careful when you're speaking of the ministry of God. I had a man held in very high esteem by some, and I stood in, in, in debate with him, and there was contention, so probably both of us filled with a little bit of pride, or a lot of pride. At one point in the conversation, I asked him, I said, what is the ministry of the Holy Ghost? And he looked at me like a deer in the headlights, a man of high education, a man of supposedly great wisdom. And I said, with that unction that John speaks of, that unction comes upon a preacher, he can know all things, and the Word of God is being preached. God ministers to people not with what's being said, but what the Holy Ghost is saying by the word of God. That's the foolishness of preaching. I said, do you believe that? He said, no, I do not. And I said, so you don't believe the Holy Ghost takes the word of God and can magnify it different in every heart of people sitting. That's my exact words. He said, no, I don't believe that. 
And that says, you as a man stands and preaches under the unction of God, and he gives the word of God. Every person is only hearing exactly what he said. He said, that's right. And I said, sir, thank you for being honest with me. At least we know where each other stand. And we parted ways and have never been in fellowship since. That's denying the work of the Holy Ghost. It's not blaspheming the Holy Ghost, but it's denying the work of the Holy Ghost. He is God. He can do as he pleases, and it pleases him to magnify the Son of God. It pleases him to magnify the work of God. It pleases him to magnify the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, to exalt him to that highest seat, extol him in the highest position of all, King of kings and Lord of lords. It pleases him to do that. So he tells them, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. That's still the context of what he's speaking. How do you know the fruit of the Holy Ghost? Because it's good fruit. It is righteousness. It is peace. It is joy. There is fruit from the ministry of the Holy Ghost, just as there's fruit from the ministry of the Father. There is fruit from the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll know that. Be quiet. The tree is, is a good tree. How do you know the fruit's corrupt? Because the tree is a corrupt tree. How do you know it's a corrupt tree? It's not the Word of God. It's another book or another version or something else that somebody's conjured up in their thinking as man's wisdom, yet denying the very power of God. And by the way, of those, he told us from such turn away. They can't see the power of God. They don't realize the power of God's in the Word of God. They think it's in their intellect. It's in their education. It's in their manipulation of the, the people. It's in their psychology of how they get people to come to the altar and how they get people to move and how people respond to the word of God, the things of God, and they deny the power of God. That's why he told us from such turn away. And you need to turn away from folks that can't see the work of God. You need to turn away from folks that can't see the holiness of God and the mighty power of God through the preaching of the word of God. It's not the preacher. It's the ministry of the Holy Ghost by the word of God that pricks hearts. And the Holy Ghost to run across the heartstrings of your life. And he'll show your lost condition. That's a great grace that he would do that. He'll show you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. He will reprove you. He will correct you. He will instruct you. Why? Because that's the ministry that God himself has called the Holy Ghost to. And when he come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, how do we know that? Because he tells us that's exactly what he's going to do. And what does he do? He brings to fruition those things of sin, those things of judgment, those things of righteousness. He said, of sin, because they believe not on me. Because they don't believe the Lord Jesus Christ, he reproves them of sin. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. So he reproves you of righteousness. Why? Because I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus told you that two chapters prior. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. There's the witness of God of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And not only of, of righteousness, but of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Now listen, I wrestled with that for a little while. Couldn't quite understand that. And then finally realized Ephesians 2 was barking it at me. We're in time past. That's Ephesians 2, 2. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. So we put that on hold a minute and say, when was that? When the Holy Ghost came and reproved us of judgment. 
Why? Because we were being judged as a sinner. We were being judged as a child of hell. We were being judged because we had that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedient. Then we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's why we need good fruit. We must know the work of God to see the fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye be an evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so if you're evil, how can you speak good things? It's just the abundance of the heart. Therefore, it's just the wisdom of man. Therefore, it's just an intellectual exercise. It's not a spiritual exercise. One of the great joys to me was to see the stirring of God last week. My pastor spoke with the other evangelists for the Rose, and he'd mentioned to him that in a couple of weeks, we'll have the meetings in Blaine, Pennsylvania. And some of our folks were here for the meeting. And he just said, hopefully, that'll carry over into our meeting. Why? Because there was great conviction. There was great rejoicing. There was a great stirring of God. And therefore, we look at the fruit of that. And we say, how do you know that's the fruit of God? Because when the Spirit of God was moving is when folks responded. When the Spirit of God was stirring across the heartstrings of my heart, others were also rejoicing. Others were also repenting. Others also were broken in tears over their lost estate or their carnal estate or the lust of their flesh. Therefore, I look at the fruit of that and I say, that's certainly the fruit of a holy God that he would wreck your life and wreck your spirit within you that you might look up and see him and realize how far from him you truly are, whether you're saved or whether you're lost. That's a work of God. That's the fruit of righteousness. Generation of vipers. You can speak these things, but you can't have that fruit. Why? Because out of your heart comes evil things. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then he said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. Immediately, somebody says, well, there's none good. Well, he said a good man. Why? There's none inherently good. The natural man is not inherently good through Adam. No, he is not. But that born man that's been birthed of God, he now has the ability to do good. And therefore, the natural man does not seek after God, but that saint of God can seek after God. And then again, Calvinists say, when well, they jump on that verse, they see, there it is. You don't have a choice in that. But yet the reality is God commands you to seek God. Why is that? Because the entrance of thy word giveth light. And as soon as you receive the light of the word of God and God instructs you, you know what you do? You seek God. It's like saying to somebody, you repent, but you don't have the ability to. You know, there's none that repent today. Well, you can't have the ability until God awakens you to the need of repentance. So it is with none that seeketh after God. So it is as none that doeth good. But a good man, why does he have a good man? Because he has a good God. Amen. The Lord is good and doeth good. Out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. That's what comes out of the heart. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That's very sobering for me, very sobering for you. Every idle word we speak, our words ought to have weight. One of the most heinous things you'll see in a church is people that name the name of Christ and there's no weight to their words. When they testify, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Even when they speak of the things of God, it's almost like a grating of a cheese grater with an oak log. Why? Because there's no weight to it. There's folks that name the name of Christ. There's absolutely no weight behind their words. How much worse is it going to be for us that are saved by the good grace of God, have the witness of God, have the spirit of God, 
and we waste our time in idle words. And they're going to call those things into remembrance. And one of these days, we're going to know those things spoken. For by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. There it is. There's, there's the condemnation that's entered into this world. Why? Because out of that wicked heart come evil and wicked things. Out of that evil heart come evil works. Why? Because they're spoken out of an evil heart. But when God makes that heart new again, all of a sudden, good things can come out of the heart. Why do we do a podcast? Because I have the ability through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ to say things that are good, to say words that are good words. Why? Because they come out of the abundance of the heart. Because God has changed my heart. That's not pride or arrogance. That's the reality. God has changed my heart. If you knew what I once was, if you knew where I once had been, Oh, my friend, and realize the change that God made in my heart. The words I bear today upon my lips is so far greater than the words I ever spoke as a lost man because of the words of God. And that comes out of the abundance of the heart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Join us again tomorrow. Please pray for the meetings here in Akron. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.